0: Welcome back to the Creative Club Podcast. You're here with John Marsh. I hope you've had a great week. And if you're a coach or a creative business owner, this is your show to learn the key skills you need to attract dream clients, grow your business, and build confidence. This week on the show, we have a conversation with Matt Purcell. Matt is the co-founder of Mentored Media. He's also a coach. And this conversation, we talk all about content creation. So we go through everything from how to get started with content to different types of content and then overcoming common mindset traps that pop up for a lot of coaches and creative businesses when they go to think about content creation. There's a lot of value in this one, so I hope you enjoy it. Let's get started with the episode, you're here with John Marsh, this is the Creator Club podcast and today we're talking with Matt Purcell.
1: I think a lot of people feel like they have to find their calling or their career straight away and they jump from university straight to whatever the next, the next 30 years will be. But for me, it's it started in high school. I was a muse and and I, I figured out early on that I, I had a creative mind and and I knew early on that I couldn't just make creative things without having to try and create some business to it. So like how am I gonna make this fun hobby into something that would pay my bills one day? So I started teaching guitar in high school to my high school teachers, <laughs> trying to bribe them to get me better marks, but it didn't work. Um, and then turned that into a music school, actually, because I was, um, i got so many high school students and friends referring me. work. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I, I didn't realize that this would be such a cool thing. And just through that little act, I had to figure out how to, you know, do all the little skills like invoicing and, and policies, try, people trying to cancel in your last minute and finding loopholes. And I mean, and then I had to learn a market to, to, to grow that as well. So I was on MySpace at the time. Good old MySpace, I don't even remember that, John. Do you remember MySpace?
0: It's a throwback, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And um, I was a muser at the time. So, I mean, I, I, I learned a lot of the skills of marketing and hustling and finding the right people by being a muser, which is probably one of the hardest industries to actually get any, any career in commercially or original music or mutual art. So that's where originally, I Started from so I was like completely left field to where I am now, but it explains a lot of how I've learned some skills along the way. I didn't do business school, I didn't go to university, I actually haven't had a real job in my whole life. I haven't so, I, and my wife tells me if I had a real job, I'd get fired pretty quickly because mm. I think um, I question too much and want to do things differently, and um, so yeah, I think my mind's more geared to be more business-minded, like entrepreneurial and operator than just a technician.
0: Yeah, cool. And then when did, how did that evolve and and sort of get into helping other people doing the media work and and the coaching and I guess sort of being on that side of things?
1: Yeah, so with the the guitar teaching, I couldn't believe it. Because you're one-on-one with people, i'm a such a curious person so I, I generally like people like i generally like hearing people's stories ever since i was a kid i loved helping the kid who was in the corner out talking to them so when i saw someone in front of me i'd, I'd be interested in their story and that opened up to me about things i would not expect like you know they um they've you know, been bullied at school the parents separated or they've got anxiety or depression some things i had to report to authorities because i was the first person to be told and i'm like wow i really need to uh I really want to help these people and I really want to upskill in this area. And cause I, I, I touched my heart. I was like, wow, I, well, was some things in life catch you off guard like that. You're like, they find you rather than you like, I think that's a big thing for me. So I realized, well, wow, I like that. And I got invited by a friend to speak in front of a school once and i was like, well, I'm going to, I'll do that. I'll, I'll like to share, I'll, I'll share my story a bit. And I said, I'm adopted from Korea. I don't know my biological parents. Um, I'm kind of doing this gig at the moment. And, you know, people tell me I couldn't do it, but I'm doing pretty well. I was like, you know, late teenage, 20s. And I found out, I really discovered I really loved that too. I was like, wow, I really love helping people with a particular problem of their identity. And guitar teaching was just an appointment, like a, a, an opportunity to be face-to-face. So I got some training in that. I got some, I went to TAFE, That's the actual only training I got was I went to taste and studied mental health. And based on that need I saw in front of me, and I've always been curious about people and creatives. So those two overlapping circles uh, really make a lot of sense of why I do what I do today, I guess.
0: And how do you, uh, what sort of people do you work with now? Do you, is it all business owners and what kind of, how do you split the work that you're doing between I guess the mentored media and that side of things and then the other any other work that you're doing like what is your I guess what does your week look like and how do you sort of set up your life now
1: Yeah well I still feel like it's not much different to when I was in the guitar room teaching kids when I'm working with business owners because uh, as you would know like you you might have you know a business objective I need to get more leads I need to get more sales but there's really uh some the emotional side of it the real internal goals and the internal problems people have are the thing that stops them from taking making a decision to be able to pay for that or make a decision to be able to put themselves forward into the spotlight to be able to share their experiences and stories too so i find like my experiences from being coach like a coach and mentor has really been a really unique selling point for me in the sense of just working with people and so my day-to-day looks very similar to um, do that. We have clients and they've got, you know, goals and marketing goals. And we I, I ideate and strategize on how we're going to get attention and drive traffic to what you're doing and create a relevant image of you. So people really need to build trust. I mean, they need to trust you, John. They need to trust me. But why would they... Because they've got so many people that they can trust. And how do we create trust? It's through content that is authentic, that is true to the store, and don't know how to do that. We're too busy running a business to sometimes know exactly the how or the blueprint. So that's what my day and week sometimes look like, just creating campaigns and working with people like that.
0: Yeah, cool. So what's the... For the people listening who are, because you know, a lot of people would resonate with what you said of, I've got to find, you know, my my people. I need to build trust. I think especially early business owners, that's the biggest thing, right? When there just hasn't been that much time, um, in the game, so to speak, or with the new whatever they're creating. Um, What's the most common thing that you see, or what are the big ways that you help people? With that content, with that sort of whole ecosystem around them, with building trust, um, what are some of the stu- what are some of the misconceptions or mistakes or things that you see in the market and the people that you work with?
1: Well, I think one of the big opportunities business owners can tap into is personal branding, and people don't know what personal branding may be or not. But here's a simple exercise: just type your name in Google. Just type it in and see what pops up. There's an old man pop up. <laughs> Does something controversial pop up? Like branding is your reputation. It's the the gut feeling people have of you when they think of you, um, when when your business comes up or an industry comes up. And Richard Branson wrote in his book, Losing My Virginity, he actually noticed that more people were interested in him than Virgin at some point. And there's there's some stats out there that would suggest that like 81% of millennials now don't trust advertisements that are created from the company that made them. They trust people. Mm. I think we're so acute now to being sold sales pitches and like real slick advertising. We just tune out, like viewers just tune out. So I think the big opportunity now is for you to step out of the shadows and into the spotlight, being the business owner, being the expert and not being self-conscious about it. It's going to be a journey to be able to build your confidence up. But the big opportunity is you are a human being that people want to connect with. People want to talk to people and that people want Mm -hmm. to know human problems and what human solutions are, not just from a big, scary, big, successful, shiny company who people perceive that you just want, they just want your money. So I think your story, your experience and your skills are three things, three overlapping circles that create a unique selling point for you as a personal brand. And I'm really just banging on that drum. I was like, you have such a story to tell. You have maybe 20 years of experience in the industry. Don't let the spruikers on the internet, you know, get all the attention and engagement Mm. because if you're not out there, then you might not exist to people. That's what Mm. I'm really concerned about with these great experts who know so much, but they don't exist in terms of the digital presence because they're maybe too busy. They don't know the value of personal branding or they're just self-conscious.
0: Yeah, interesting. And when people, you know, someone's like, okay, cool, I'm on board and I want to build personal brand. Because I think there's, you know, a group of people who know about it and they want to do it. But the question is like, well, what do I, what do I do? You know, because even in personal brand where it's like, bring more of yourself out there and, and speak to the camera and these kinds of things, once you start to look at people who are, you know... I guess in inverted commas, professionals at building personal brand. It's this whole polished landscape as well, and it can be quite daunting for people starting out. It looks like a company, you know, behind this person. When somebody is just starting, how do you, um, how do they get into it? Like, how do you ease them in, or what what tools do you use, or strategies to get them consistent and start to do it based on where they're at at the moment.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I think the best start, best place to start is to think about who your customers are. Every day you speak to them. Every day you know them by name. And there might be four avatars that you speak to all the time. There's no idea Neil. The no idea Neil has no idea. He's just like, please just, I don't know anything about computers. I don't know anything about the stuff you sell. Just tell me the price and help me. And then there's the skeptical Sally's, you know, and there's all these, you can name them. And Before you actually turn the camera on, that's the worst thing you can do is just turn the camera on or start just spending time creating content without having some type of plan and thinking about who's watching this. The worst content I see out there from personal brands, the big no's, are people that don't know their audience and they're just their content just looks like a bad web about page. And it's just so dense. It just seems so removed from actually being relevant to an everyday person. So Think about no idea, Neil. Think about the question he might have. Think about the skeptical Sally's. What questions does she have? And write out all the frequently asked questions that they ask all the time. What are the frequently asked problems that they need solutions for? What are the competitors doing? What's the competitive advantage you have? And then phrase that into content, put that into content. Then you've got some content to talk about. So I'd say, look at problems first. There's external problems internal problems and philosophical problems in people internal problems you know like i doubt time poor uh, external problems money uh location geography philosophical problems i don't know who i am or <laughs> what, what am i doing with my life i'm looking for a change if you can look at those problems and then as a personal brand as, as a as a business owner my goal is to be the guide so guides they give helpful information guides Question the the their young mentees. So question, but they've got to be the right question because the right question gives the impression that this person you know what the hell's going on. That's stuff direct. That's what, exactly what I'm thinking. So start from understanding your customer and the pain points they have, and start phrasing questions as a starting point. Except um, in video, through content through emails just general conversations when you're one-on-one with people
0: Mm, i like that and it it opens a dialogue uh both ways too right and so you can then learn you can learn maybe on a deeper level what they're thinking or once they open up a little bit more too which is really cool Mm. so i've got a question maybe we it might be interesting or you could help me shine some light on it when we think about um the storytelling, you know, and and this is something that you talk a little bit about in the Instagram and the story sell and that we engage with the stories. And it's something that I believe to be true. Also, when we're going along as a, you know, maybe it's a new business owner, um, should they be sharing the story of, you know, documenting and the context of where they're at? And maybe if you could just talk a little bit about that you know i've got a couple of projects that i'm i'm doing in the background should i be documenting as i go how do you how do you think about storytelling and um how can the beginner who's starting out think about storytelling as well if they you know maybe think they don't have a lot of finished stories to tell um if you could just talk a little bit about that journey and and what that brings up for you and how you sort of think about that
1: yeah that's a great question some people don't Actually, think their stories worth telling. Like I'm boring. I'm so vanilla. There's nothing really to show about it. But really, that's not the case. People assume too much of their audience. Sometimes they assume that they know that that they know how you got there. Twenty years of experience. They know that that they don't. They don't know that you have twenty years of experience necessarily in the industry. They don't know that you put your mortgage on the line to be able to get to your business. They don't know that. You know, like you, some of your employees have been with you for five or six years. So they're all stories. So I just want to trigger that thought process that there's a lot of things that you don't think are content, but they are content. There are great stories. So people in your life that you've met that have mm. influenced you, that you want to celebrate. So that's, I talk about content pillars. I mean, marketers talk about content pillars. They're just the themes and the topic that you base a piece of content on. There's 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 various forms of content, like video and all that but the pillars are the principles of what, what you, what you base things on And celebration is one of them. So look at past, look at your past photo albums and and, and documents, so mostly photos are great to bust out. They always trigger the mind to go back in time. I like, can you find a photo of when you first got the keys to your premises? Can you find that, can you find me a photo of when you hired your first person? That's a story. You know, and why would you share that? Well, it gives context and a human element to people go, oh, wow, this and your language of how you explain that shows that some emotion, some care, you know, some legacy, because that could be a competitive advantage. I've had people here for a long time, they trust me. You know, you're selling without selling. So should you document your, your, your journey? Like you asked, yeah, I think you should. Like, do you take photos of your children? Do you take photos of great memory? Yeah, you should. And in business, you should do that too. And it's great content to bring people along the journey with because people just need to know. That's one of the trust factors I feel now people need to see is um, some people just think you arrive at success. Mm. And what a shame if people just think you just arrive at success without showing there's been struggle. Not showing all the struggles, it's just saying, we, we deal with, we've got decisions to make, you know? Mm. Um, the pandemic's been one of them. This is how we've been feeling. People want to get behind things. People really want to support you, uh, especially your good customers, but they don't know what they don't know. They only know what you tell them. That's the big thing about storytelling. So celebrate, find a pillar of celebration. Find like there's some great social media trends like flashback Fridays and throwback Thursdays on particular days of the week. So that gives you social uh, permission to go back in an old photo and be like, this was me when I was 20 years old. Um, I just finished uni I had no idea what to do but I'm so grateful today that I have great customers and I've got a good life and a good wife and blah 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 shout out to all the business owners blah blah blah. that's that's a Thursday or Friday post right there so that's that's how easy it can be but you can just overlook it by looking at the Mm. whole staircase thinking oh god you know there's so much to do but just look at the next step
0: Mm. I like that and it does take a little bit of courage too right like if you're you know, halfway through, say you're running an event in November and you're doing some planning for your event and you, you document it a little bit, uh, you know, in your back of your mind, there's a little voice, well, what if nobody comes to the event or what if it doesn't work or whatever? So I think um, it can be kind of scary, but like you said, I think that when we get to that event and we know the whole context of how it's unfolded as well. It's really cool. And I, I definitely like that with people that I engage in when I get to see what they're up to along the way. It is cool. So do you have um, something I've been thinking about a little bit is, you know, obviously, one of the things people listening probably will resonate with as we all kind of are is like, there's so much noise, and it's just so, so much content. And mm there was a period where if you just were putting out content, you did pretty well because there was not that many people and there was like more eyeballs on your stuff, right? Now it's like, okay, well, there's so many other coaches or personal trainers or cafes or whatever, they're all blasting stuff out there. And so one question I've got, I I always try to go, okay, what's what's the zag here? What's the contra? Like, how can I use this in a way that people aren't, doing yet, or is just a different way of looking at this that's still along the same concept. Um, Is there anything that you've seen that's been interesting for you in the world of content, social media, storytelling, that you think we could pay more attention to um, in terms of types of content or formats or strategies or anything of that nature?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll go back to content pillars. I think it's really important that you have, you post frequently, but you have an understanding of what you're, like I said, about branding, it's your personality. It's, it's basically your online identity. What do you want to keep talking about? And I think a big pillar is education. And a lot of people, there's a lot of education out there. Yes, I get that, but not like in the, that people, what makes you unique is the way that you particularly present that information from your own experience. The more subjective you can be and back up your facts with actually authority as well, the better you can, the better I think cuts through. So I personally believe from my experience, that's the type of sentence that you want to start with these days. Rather, or What I've observed or what, that's good. So it's from you rather than Facts tell me to Dave up about it's like, oh, it's a Google search. If I can mm. Google that stuff, then that doesn't make it unique, right? If mm. I can find the answer in Wikipedia. But if John explains marketing in a way which is not just from the book of Marketing 101, but is totally speaking to my small business, like where mm. I'm at in my head. you gotta get in my head. Those who can get in people's heads, mm. they can channel their their audience and they know exactly who they're trying to talk to. And add the most value, they win. And mm. and I think aesthetics are important. I think to pop out on people's feeds is important. Like if you if you can put your face out there, if, you, if you're confident with your face, that's nice because people really like seeing people. I think that's a really good idea. And on Instagram or on LinkedIn, I think um, creating like like you, like you do, John, like I do, like. Some carousel style stuff, which carousel is basically like a square tile with text on it, with some images on it, with some information on it. But it's got to, it's got to feel like it's come from you, not just from a web search. Mm. That's the, I think that's the big important thing. Um, I, I will say too, I think now's the time I'm not think about having a million followers, because back in the day, I thought yeah, whoever has the most followers wins. It's not always about that. It's about finding the smallest viable audience that will that will committed to you that trust you Mm. but if you had a hundred like whoever's listening if you had a hundred clients sign up tomorrow that's that's a lot of clients for someone Mm. you might not even have the capacity to do that but that's not a thousand people Uh, we think about in social media metrics a thousand followers i don't have that many followers if i've got less than a thousand it's like could you handle a thousand clients
0: yeah that's right yeah i believe that also i often I will talk to people. It's like, well, I've only, you know, I'm not getting traction. I've got 126 followers, and I'm three months in or something. It's like, well, uh, there's there's probably 12 people in there. There's probably 15 people in there. There's people who are paying attention, and if you show up generously, they'll they'll be part of a conversation, and then you can help them along that journey. Maybe they want to work with you, Um, but yeah, it is super easy to have that comparison thing just crush, demoralize people cuz they don't have 20,000 followers or whatever and miss out um miss out what's right in front of their face it's it's funny it's kind of like it's kind of like like you said was interesting you wouldn't you even if you got a huge influx you probably wouldn't be able to handle it anyway and i think about that often with um content like if you have a piece of content go viral or something and it's really early And you get, you say, oh, I want, I want a lot of people to see my stuff. And then, you know, a million people see it, but you've only got, like, you've only been doing a little bit here or there. How, what, what's going to happen with that? There's no trust. There's no story behind there. They don't know who you are. There's no um, legacy, like you said, and there's no real way for that to bring a lot of value to you as a business. And most of it's going to just wash off like the water on a duck's back when they when they come and see who you are or what you're doing because there's no deeper context there for them.
1: Mm, it's so true. It's like a singer um, who makes it very famous very quickly overnight, but doesn't have the experience or infrastructure or, or team mm. around them to be able to handle that success. So it, it's one thing to wanna to get successful, whatever that is to people, but if you're ready for that, and you gotta, and when when influx of things come in, if it's success, you gotta be able to handle the pressures that come with that. I think yeah, it's gotta be relative yeah. to that. So, so just be careful what you wish for.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that. So uh, w- another question, if I'm busy, if I'm focused on my business, focused on the people I serve, I don't have a lot of time. And I know you mentioned earlier, you've done a lot of work in the mental health space if I find that the social media and these things are kind of driving me crazy and I don't, you know, for a lot of people, like it's, it's a pretty hectic environment, man. Like I'm, I'm super, um, diligent. And even still, like, if I spend very much time on that stuff, like I can feel it in my mind, right. How it's changed things. How do you, um, does this come up with people that you work with? Like, managing time and energy on these platforms and how to navigate them? Or are there any tips that you would have for people, you know, using this stuff so that it's generative for their business and their their mental health rather than, uh, you know, destructive or, or causing, you know, conflict in the mind, that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think there's two, two parts to this. Uh, one is, do you, a lot of people use social media to consume information, like mm. get their updates every day from you know the premiere or the the financial review, all of that stuff. And then there's their friends and their or whoever their colleagues sharing their opinions and and articles, various things that could get in your head a bit. Your doom and gloom stuff. It's been very doom and gloom for a while, and you've got to take responsibility of how you you got to notice what you're feeling, you, and you've got to your your feelings are signals from your body telling you something's stressing you out or not. So it's a subscription based thing, social media, click unfollow, click block, unfollow things that make you feel crap all the time. If it's consistent and limit how much you actually get that. I actually, if, um, the, when I feel stressed about certain things I see, I'm like, oh, I'll to take a break from that. And I'll just talk to a mate. I'll just talk to actually get back to more talk and less text. And that's what I talk about a lot is, I often get the important information through my 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 core team that tell me that. So don't be afraid that you're going to miss out on all the information. I think there's such a FOMO out there that if I'm not always on socials or, or always in those on these platforms, then I'm going to find out, I'm going to lose out on this important information. Don't, I'm not afraid anymore to be seem like a fool for five minutes. You know, there's an old proverb that says like, if those who if you don't if you if you ask a question, you might look like a fool for a moment." But if you don't ask a question that you want to ask, and you'll and you never ask it. you will be a fool for life. So I don't mind being that person. It's like, oh, what do you mean? What's the updates today, to the cafe owner, or to the person that I go see, and they'll tell me because they might be informed too. Mm. So I, I, that's how I manage it. And I guess with your time poor and you're wanting to, like, how, how do I create all this stuff? Like,
0: yeah, I, I, that's important, man. I I'd love to talk. Yeah, go into that a little bit. That's that's interesting.
1: Okay, the question, people, the question people don't ask enough is, what's the benefit of posting on social media? Why am I, I even putting any time into this thing? What do I get from it? And as a non-business owner, why do you post photos of your kids? No one asks that question. Why do you post anything to the public? Well, because I value it, because it's what I care about. Yeah, 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 but what benefit do you get? And it's like, oh, uh, well, well, it's a social benefit. You want people to see you in a certain light. You want your business to be commercial. So I use my Instagram, no, there's, I have no um, harm I'm saying this, but it's a commercial benefit. It's to drive traffic is to drive awareness and branding and educate and to speak to an audience that would work with me one day, you know, and to continue to build that. But it's it's important that you ask the question, what is the benefit? What is this for as a business owner? And I sometimes would go. Well, you see that you either try. My thought is you either train, trade money or time to be able to make content. So you could save money and try and create it yourself, and that's fine because you might not have the means to do it. But if you really value it and you think that that's where you need to go, and I encourage people to do it, I would try and have a percentage of your budget or marketing or something toward hiring an external uh, supplier to be able to create this with you or for you. And it can be quite affordable. You know, like we do it, my, my company Mental Media does it. And um, what that does for you as a business owner is and you're not spending hours in the night or in the day trying to upskill yourself in creative design and, and all that stuff. And you won't do it as good as an expert would do. But if you can find someone who would do your social media stuff and you can feed them your thoughts, you can feed them where you want to go, give them a good brief, upskill your ability in briefing people rather than having to upskill yourself in being a designer. I think that can save you time so mm. either trading ta- trading time or money i would want to resource outsource that out for me i've done both i've learned how to do design stuff but i've actually outsourced my stuff now because i'm just too busy i want to focus more on growing things rather than being caught up in spending an hours a week making my own stuff
0: yeah yeah i love that okay cool so outsourcing, it makes sense. Do you, now maybe we could talk a little bit about, I know you've got some solid experience uh, with athletes, you've done podcasts, you've got video knowledge you're doing, you know, I've seen your stuff anyway, but there's carousels or static image and design stuff. Maybe if you could talk a little bit about if somebody's going right, I'm I'm in. I'm either gonna I'm gonna do it my own for a couple of months, then maybe hire or I'm re- I want to bring someone in to help me. Should they Should they go to all of these different things at once? Is there a place that you know? Would you recommend doing? We're on a podcast right now. Would you recommend podcasts or do you have any sort of macro view thoughts on? um time value or, or you know, anything of that nature where they should, where they could start or what the best thing might be for them?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think if you want to know the first step of what you could do is just writing down, like I said, getting really clear on what your story is, like your origin story celebrations, informa- like uh, entertainment as well. People love a laugh. Yeah. Uh, so Friday funnies, like don't take yourself so seriously. It's good fun and um and just just get really familiar with like map out like some topics that you'd love to talk about like that's really important because there's nothing worse than putting a camera on and not knowing what you're going to do in advance it just wastes time
0: any any uh, um real quick any tips on the funny stuff i I, i'm known to have no sense of humor how do i (laughs) (laughs) I, we used to we used to own a gym and we would my little sister and i we owned a gym in melbourne for five years and we'd have, you know, 10, 20 people, or whatever in a class and someone would crack a joke. And I don't think once in five years I would get the joke. And I could never I could I couldn't joke. It just wasn't in my DNA. How does someone like me who knows the value of entertainment loosen up and kind of on and deliver on that one?
1: I think if you that's really good self-awareness, like if you struggle to be able to get into the humor side of things you don't have to reinvent the wheel there's i think memes are a fantastic place to start that are related to people's behavior that you notice let leverage off people rather than trying to find it yourself i think with social media content particularly you can repost someone else's stuff that resonates with you that's mm-hmm. so true like you want to find that ring in you that says oh that is so true like that's so many people uh, in, in my industry So like a a meme could be, don't you wish you could invoice people for wasting your time, right? And like, and people oh God, yeah. How many times do people waste my time? I'd love to do that. So there's memes on the internet that you can find that are related to business or just how people act, you know? And if if it's, and memes are usually relevant to the Mm. times, like events right now, like when Facebook, I don't know when people are going to listen to this, but Facebook had an outage around the world and there were memes straight away that came out about that. You know, like what I survived the Facebook crash <laughs> for an hour, <laughs> and that's great. That's great humorous content. It's like taking real events use, and just leveraging off memes. is a good start. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay. So we got it, we got a celebration. We got story. We got entertainment. What else? So
1: we got entertainment. I think inspiration is really inspiration. Important. Inspiration motivation is really important. I think. That's what, what I try and say about personal branding is you want to position yourself to be a leader or an expert. And in another way I like to say guide a lot and guides inspire, guides need to be able to that, you know, business owners are leaders of their, their family and of their staff. So they have to somehow in their own way, inspire and motivate their staff either through goals or through speaking into people. And that could just be sharing what you read. This could be like a quote that you really like, or this could be a principle that you've grown up with. This could be something personal. Like, I, um, It's all about, if someone asks you a question, people don't realize how much they know until you, they get asked a question about a particular topic. Like you've been interviewing me. And, and if I interviewed you, or someone interviewed you, there'd be so much information and, and experience that would come out because someone asked it to you. And it's like, well... Look at the pain again. Look at what people go through. People relate more with you know struggle because life is struggle. The Buddhists say life is struggle, and I believe that. by default, it's not happiness. Happiness is not the fixed emotion that's even beneficial. You've got to have experience a whole bunch of things. In nature, it's all about overcoming adversity. insects, animals, seasons, droughts, sun, water, it's all about overcoming adversity. So what is the adversity that people are going through as human beings in the 21st century? And what's your view on that? So people feeling stressed or anxious, here's a little t- here's a little thought on people who are stressed today. Don't worry about the small things. Don't, don't major in the little things, blah, blah, blah. They are little inspirational hits. People really need that. There's so much negativity out there. We need to turn the volume up more on inspiration.
0: Yeah. Okay, I love it. Now, tactically, I want to ask one more question then i want to ask about how you work with clients so that people if they're listening obviously can can head your way the tactical thing is if someone is doing it themselves with content and they let's say for example they want to do instagram because it seems to be like where they're spending their time and they want to do uh maybe one other one maybe they want to do some podcasts or they want to write an email newsletter or something. Now, do you, and I don't know if there is an answer for this, but do you recommend that they like map out a whole month and, you know, take the things that you said, entertainment, education, inspiration, and plan this and actually strategize this? Or is it on the fly? Like, what's the... Is there an answer, or what's your view on that um, level of preparation, or, or, you know, setting things up?
1: Yeah, I think I like creating menus of of options. So I'd sit. Th- I want to sit down at the beginning of the month and go. Here's my whole calendar. Uh, I see that a lot from people, and most of, most of the time the results are pretty average and best when I say results it's like what they post is totally not relevant to the week or mm. I find like I, I can tell I don't know why but I can tell when someone's just doing like an automated post because it's like what's the relevance of that this week like, mm. that's just crazy so I'd rather plan out a week in advance rather than a and two at most than a month and the reason being is social is 24 7 Announcements happen all the time from various industries and trends pop up and you want to show that you're up to date, that part of being a human being showing that is that you're adaptable and why I play what I said menu before is I would have like a whole bunch of quotes that you know I could put onto something in a makeup or um, some education pieces. I do have things in the bank like it's good to have not live week to week right with anything in life but then I would go and I am in a position to be like, I, I think this is more relevant to post this today. And it might be your intuition telling you that it might be mm. what you notice people posting about that day in your feed. Cause you, you're speaking to people who follow you. So what are they seeing that day? Right? So you want to make sure you fit that you're actually on, on point. So that way I've got content that's already in the bank. So I don't have to create it every day on the day. And I can choose from that. What's the most relevant maybe for that and post that, that, that day. Um, and I recommend maybe three, start with three posts a week. Don't start every day. Like if you want to start, start with three. And notice that on weekends, I think Sunday nights are really good posts for launching things or for getting people ready. Mondays are good for motivation. I think midweek is great for education and all the others. Fridays are more of a funny day. If you want to do Friday fun, people just wanting to go to the weekend and thinking about their, their you know, it's kicking back. So yeah, that's a, my
0: my take. Yeah, and if you like me and you got no sense of humor, you just don't post on Friday. Uh,
1: so there's a sense of humor there, man.
0: What are you talking about? Yeah, well, maybe maybe it's just needs some practice. So uh, okay, is it uh, tell us about uh, mentored media, how you work with a client, and maybe starting with, I guess this the type of people that you work with and, and just what that journey might look like or if maybe if there's a case study or something like that, whatever comes up for you.
1: Yeah, we, we, really, we meet the need of, we're not in the business of just making videos and podcasts and graphic design, that's what we do. I mean, short answer would be we make content, we're like a creative agency. Our aim is to so that to that because you're always gonna ask, so what's that for, what's that gonna do? is to create, we create trust and we create authority through that for business owners. That's really the key, like how to, cause sometimes we're so close to ourselves. We don't understand what is good or bad about our business. And we've got a, we're world-class at being able to say, John, you're world-class at this. You need to stick to these things, these, these, these things. Let's channel you, let's get to know you and we'll we'll be your your digital hands and feet for the content and for the strategy for that. And we create all the content, we create campaigns on social media segments, you know, segments meaning like we we might do like a month focus on on businesses who have overcome COVID because it's relevant at the moment. And that's a segment that we'll, we'll drive and we'll, we'll... So basically we think for you, we, we, we want to work with business owners who are, we know that time poor. So we do a lot of the thinking with them and for them and we don't expect them to be able to do all that. And they trust us. That's what we're really good at. And what that creates is authority and trust. And when you have trust, when you have trust and authority, that is the ultimate currency. People will do what you want them to do. People will buy what you were wearing. People will will take your advice and, and, and referral. Like, oh, use these guys. Oh, if John said that, then... Because you have their trust. Mm. So it's really not content creates trust and authority. That's our game. And so, for a case study, well, I mean, we've got, we work with more, I guess, or our, our avatar has been if we we're a car, I guess we're like, like uh, an Audi, right? So we're not the most expensive, but we're not the most, we're premium in the sense of we work with clients who, you know, have a bigger companies. Sometimes we work with startups, sometimes we really do launch them, but most of the time we work with people who are very time poor who are needing to reach a certain certain group by certain time. And um, yeah, I think I think that's really important. So trust and authority through creating content. That's what we do.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. And so that would be across any of the platforms plus like longer form videos and that kind of thing too. Or
1: yeah, I think it's really tailoring it to where you're trying to talk, okay. who you're trying to reach. So for example, you B2B. And you're wanting to recruit, like it's not just all about sales. It's about recruitment. Sometimes yeah. it's about creating an image for your company, which people want to be part of. And LinkedIn might be the best platform for you, not Instagram. It's a, it really differs to what you're trying to do.
0: You know, man, one thing that you said in there that just, like, for some reason, dropped in was campaigns. And I really like that because we, we use projects. We work with a lot of business owners and we talk about projects a lot. So you might have a project around certain marketing or delivery or an internal event, whatever it is. And the project has an end date and, you know, a certain desired outcome. And it gives you a way of thinking that's exciting and fun. And then you ship it out there and then you move to your next project. And, um, thinking about the campaigns is really nice and kind of aligns with that. And I'm thinking, as you said, like, you know, a campaign around business owners who, you know, are thriving through COVID or it could be a campaign. If there's a health coach, it could be a campaign around, you know, people who have gotten back into health after 20 years out of it or something like that. And you could elevate this group for a month or something. And, and build it around your projects. And I, I really like that. So thank you for, for dropping that one as well.
1: Yeah, no worries. It's, listen, really this drives the point home that everyone on social media is a media company. And I talked about this on a post recently, and it really is the case. It's not the TV. We're, we're, we're in the generation now where your phone is the new digital TV, it's a TV. Mm. People are subscribe to you or they follow you on whatever it is you're actually, if you see yourself as a media company, you need to think, you need to be thinking like one. It's like, what am I feeding these people? What is on rotation? What is the show today? And that's why entertainment, education, inspiration is important because that way they want to tune in to whatever, if you're a mechanic you they want to tune into you don't want to you want them the desired goal is to trust you so much that if they have a problem their car's got a really weird sound they know that you probably have something to say about that already on socials mm. you know that's really important so that's how much i try and channel into my customers minds so i want them to be i want them to think of me straight away when there ever is a problem or a solution or an idea be like yep john's the guy matt's the guy greg's the guy from the mechanic He's always in tune with what's to, he always knows what to do. The guy, yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Luke Skywalker.
0: Yeah, I love that. Is there anything else that you want to add in, Matt? We'll talk about?
1: I I would just say this, that um, now's the time to not think about promotion as selfish. It's self-promotion is not bad. Selfish promotion is. Selfish promotion is the thing that you're afraid of. It's the thing that, oh yeah, if I take a video of me or photo of me, then I'm just gonna look up myself. It's this tall poppy syndrome in Australia. Nah, it's not. If you make all the content about you, like meaning like, this is my wins, this is like showing off, then that's selfish promotion. But if you're educating, if you're inspiring, if you're celebrating other people, if you're tapping in and channeling into your customer's needs and wants and desires and saying, yep, this, if you hear this hum in your car, that could be three things, this thing, this, give us a call and I'll have to talk to you about it. That's not selfish promotion, that's self-promotion and people will call you because of that and that is actually generous. Content is actually, if you, if you get your content right, it's a, it's a form of generosity that people don't talk about like that. So don't be self, don't be self-conscious, oh, I'm ugly, oh, I'm boring, oh, I'm that, they skills that you can build on. I mean, you can wear different clothes, you can present better, you can, talking is actually a skill. You've got to get better at presenting. on If you're going to do video, you've got to work on your voice. You've got to work on this stuff. And the more you put in, the more you'll get out. And we, at Mental Media, like we actually do help people with media training. So small business owners come to a course, we do a one day course, and they get better about presenting on camera. And it's increased their, their presentation, presenting skills heaps. And it transfers in the boardroom, transfers in how you talk in general. Mm. So um, that's what I say, don't get self-conscious. Now it's okay. time to be able to make a step.
0: Yeah, 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 I love it. Uh, where do they, where should people go to find out about your services?
1: Yeah, just set the mentored media. So mentored, like you've been mentored, M-E-N-T-O-R-E-D, mentored media. And my name's Matt Purcell, so you can follow my stuff, um, S-P-U-R-C-E-L-L. And um, yeah, man, thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. It's been really fun chat.
0: Yeah, it's been great to learn from you. I really appreciate your time and generosity and definitely a lot of takeaways in there for uh, for all the listeners, I think, and, and different business owners out there. So really helpful. No worries. Thanks, John. Thanks, brother. We'll see you next time.